0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your
1: first three orders while supplies last.
0: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Our, our next guest, Amin Alhassa, joins us right now on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. They are truly steps beyond convenience. So, where on Heat Island are you? I, I mean, did you have to vacate at, at, after what happened last year?
2: Well, I, I made it pretty clear last year that regardless of how far that team went, well, as soon as the... The ride was over. That's why I was getting off. I wasn't running for re-election. So I like to think of myself as just a regular citizen who happens to uh, summer, winter, and fall in other places uh, and spring as well, all around the league.
1: Well, I mean, there is some excitement, though, about this team um, coming from a different place. It's not about winning a championship, but it's about the young players on the roster. How do you assess their young core? How good is their young core compared to other teams around the NBA?
2: Uh, I mean, it, it, it's definitely something to feel good about, uh, I guess, in the short term and the long term and the big picture. I mean, it's definitely not – they're not on the same caliber as the Minnesota Timberwolves or Utah Jazz or some of the other teams with notable young cores like that. But, uh, you know, obviously it starts with Whiteside and Dragic. Those are two, you know, pretty good starting points as far as at the point guard at center position and then you talk about Justice Winslow who who has a world of potential ahead of him as a combo kind of forward. And then Tyler Johnson and, and, and uh and and then Richardson. Those are two exciting young backcourt players but you know, I, I think when you when you think of a superlative talent, someone who can be mentioned with the greats, I think I don't know if that guy exists on this roster. I think it's a collection of good players, but but no great players, so to speak.
0: I mean, I've been pretty flabbergasted at how the 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 Heat fans, you know, on social media, they're they're pretty hyped up about this team after just a you know half dozen of preseason games. This up tempo up tempo style. Do you think that can continue through the season, or is that one of those kind of preseason gimmicks where when it slows down in the regular season, they get against the teams, you know, the Spurs and the the Cavs and teams like that that they don't want to run that kind of style. Is that something where? They Can be successful, and that's what they should keep doing, or do you think that that's kind of fool's gold here?
2: No, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously, you're going to run into teams that are better at dictating tempo than you are. That's just the way the NBA works. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies, for a long time, no matter how much you want to run, they'd make it into a slowdown game. They turned it into a slowdown game, even against the, the mighty Warriors. Uh, so, there, there are always going to be teams that are better at dictating tempo. It's just how do you navigate and negotiate that? But I think when you talk about up-tempo for Miami, this has been a goal for quite a while, right? Eric Spolster has specifically spoken about wanting to play faster and kind of every year we've rolled our eyes, like, all right, we'll we'll wait till it happens. Well, I mean, there's a a pretty large obstacle in the way of running faster that was here in the last few years. It's not here anymore. And so now if you look at your best players, your best players are all full-court up-tempo players. Well, it makes sense that finally Miami is playing the way that we kind of clamored for them to play the last couple of years.
1: I mean, uh, you mentioned a couple of the good young teams around the NBA. I, I've kind of made the case this year that this is a transition year for the league, that uh, we, we have a pretty good idea what the finals are going to be, and we have a pretty good idea of maybe one or two other teams that can compete to sort of knock them out of that, uh, although I, I'm not even sure we get to two. Maybe the Spurs and the Clippers in the West. Um, and and, yet, and then there's a lot of young teams that aren't quite there yet, like a Minnesota. You mentioned a Utah, which loses Hayward at the beginning of the season. Uh, wh- how do you sort of evaluate the general landscape of the league this year? Because it, it doesn't – usually you go into a season, you think maybe five or six teams can win a championship. It does not feel that way this year.
2: Well, it doesn't, and I don't think anyone should feel any sort of way about that other than ecstatic. I mean, how many times do we <laughs> – I mean, that's what I said the, uh, earlier today. I said, would we rather watch like the Knicks and the Mavs meet in the finals? Like, why wouldn't we want the two clearly best teams to duke it out for the championship? So I don't think that's an issue. But I think at the same time, that doesn't mean that the regular season meaningless. That doesn't mean that 28 other NBA teams are meaningless. I think everyone's journey is interesting, and and I and that's interesting. I didn't even really think about that about the league being in transition because teams that we've accepted as been Kind of the the creme de la creme the last few years. Well, this this feels like the end of it, right? The Clippers have a bunch of free agents they're looking at. The Spurs, obviously, with the departure of Tim Duncan, Manu and Tony aren't that far off there. Um, and then in the East, you know, the Atlanta Hawks already look like they're taking a step back, and uh, and uh, Miami obviously is taking a step back. So what we're witnessing, I think, is is natural. Is is we're going to start seeing some teams that have been Basically, you know, stepping stones or or welcome mats start to become more and more uh, competitive, whether it's Utah, whether it's Minnesota, whether it's the Lakers coming up maybe in a couple of years. Um, And and that's natural, and and I think we should all embrace that. But, uh, you know, this this season has no shortage of interesting storylines of fun players and teams to follow as they grow. And I think that's, that's great for the league.
0: I mean, you're not a member of Heat Island this year, but uh, we got some fans here asking that if it, you'll at least be interested in some undervalued plots of land on Waiters Island. If if there's yeah. – is, is there any – what, what are we going to have? Look, look, We're scared.
2: Let me tell you something. I, look, <laughs> you can ask me – we could do a whole 30 minutes, an hour on things to be positive about in Miami. I don't know if Beyond Waiters is one of them. I'm just, this is just me based on I, – I scouted him. Well, when I was still with the team, when he was in college. You know, I obviously followed his career very closely throughout his stops in Cleveland and Oklahoma City. I mean, I, I, he's a volume guy who's probably best coming off the bench and allowed to do whatever he wants for 15 to 20 minutes. I don't think he's as good as he thinks in his own mind. Um, but, you know, with guys like that, that's why you give him 15 to 20 minutes to do whatever the hell they want to do on the floor, and you hope out of those, that that time span, you'll get something good. And there'll be nights when he's got it going and you're going to let him 122, 24, maybe even 30 minutes that night. And there are nights are going to be terrible and you're going to play him maybe 12 or 14.
0: Are you at all worried about the combination of him with Whiteside on the court? Is that something? I know last year you were kind of the guy, the go-to on the Levitard show where they asked you stories about Whiteside. Now that he's got paid, are you at all worried about there's no veteran leadership and they've got these, these kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, knuckleheads out there?
2: I mean, when you worry about the knuckleheads, it's rarely on the court that you're worried about the knucklehead. Is everything else you're worried about. Yeah. Yeah. The, the knucklehead isn't kicking in. But for, for Whiteside, and he's been a glorious knucklehead, by the way, his entire career, I, I, honestly, I think the combination of the expectation and the void, call me crazy, this might be the year where he kind of starts to figure it out. He'll never be Tim Duncan as far as demeanor. But maybe he's just a little bit more paying attention to detail and being uh, a a solid locker room guy uh, on the floor. And and I think him, the chemistry that he's built with Dragic so far in the preseason, which, by the way, did not exist in the last uh, year year and change, right? They Mm -hmm. didn't really get that pick-and-roll game going. They really didn't see eye to eye. Now it looks like they're finally on that same page, and they're both looking really well out of that. I think that's something that uh, can be a little bit of a positive reinforcement, right? Like, okay, uh, I'm doing this, and I'm getting a lot of dunks and lobs and scoring, and I'm looking good. And so, let me keep doing these things that continue to make me look good.
1: Talking to me, Al Hassan from ESPN. All right, so in the Eastern Conference, right? You've got playoff teams for sure: Cleveland, Boston, Indiana, most likely. Um, I, you know, Toronto. Okay, so you're at four. Um, You know, from there, we've got a lot of teams like Detroit, Atlanta, uh, maybe Washington. Uh, What What do you What do you view as the Heat's chances to get in the mix for? uh, I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic here, but let's say a seven or eight spot in the Eastern Conference.
2: I mean, it's tough. You know, you you named four teams, and then uh, Detroit, Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington. uh, Those are all playoff teams with, with veteran guys with talent. Um, more talent than Miami. So Miami's hope is, A, obviously health. That, that's really big. When you talk about a team that's, you know, Tyler Johnson has seen his, his share of injuries, uh, you know, Goran Dragic. So they, they've got to stay healthy. They definitely have to defend because there's not enough offensive firepower on this team night in and night out. to just basically say, we're going to outscore some of these more talented teams. So defense is going to be an issue. And then, the front court. I really think they have to address that power forward, slash, uh, backup center position, because they got a bunch of guys who are spare parts from other places. Derek Williams, uh, James Johnson, like these are guys that didn't stick in other places for a reason. So to kind of be overly optimistic about the chances of, of being legit starting fours for you, even Josh McRoberts, who's who had again his fair share of injuries. you you, you kind of need them to be more than what they've been thus far in their career. And I don't know if that's that's fair or unfair of them or the coaching staff, but those are the ingredients that have to make sure. And then finally, and this kind of thinks to be like this, but you're going to need something bad to happen to some of these other, one of these other teams, at least either it's an injury, an ill-timed injury, whether it's acrimony, whether it's a coaching something something bad has to happen to one of those
1: teams ahead of them.
2: Because I think if you talk about Charlotte, Washington, Atlanta, and Detroit, if everything's okay with them and they're just playing their game, these are all teams that are way better than the Miami
1: Eagles. Yeah, I didn't even mention Charlotte. And and obviously they're going to defend uh, with Steve Clifford. Thank you, sir. I mean, we always appreciate your insights here on the show. Uh, and and we're curious to see what island you get on as the year goes on.
2: We'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. Thank I like you, to, I like to evaluate
1: these things. I know. Well, you don't want to be stuck on an island with nothing to do and no hope of getting off of it. So uh, so we appreciate that. Thank you, sir. No problem. Thanks, guys.
2: Calling all pop culture enthusiasts.
0: Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do
1: you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected
0: moments that unfold on social media? Then you're gonna to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture.
1: Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new
2: episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the Free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.